April 8th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count from the bottom, it's about 25 lines up. It's the second word on the line. And the Gemara is returning to the Mishnah to deal with several of the other details with regards to Avodah Zarah. The Mishnah said, Aval, Hamigapef, if you recall, that meant a person who hugs the Avodah Zarah, Lishem Avodah, Vahamanashek, Vahamechabed, Vahamerabet, Vechule. The Mishnah mentions several other actions which are not per se Avodah actions, but the person doing them is absolutely wrong in doing them. And as a result, the Mishnah said, Over Belota Aseh. Over Belota Aseh ostensibly means that he's not only violating a negative prohibition of the Torah, but he's going to be lashed as a result. Says the Gemara, let's talk about those lashes. Let's talk talk about the halachot of Malkot with regards to all these sins mentioned in the Mishnah, about which we said there's a lot ta'aseh. Says the Gemara, min ha-Torah, min ha-Torah, lo ta'aseh. It's going to be Malkot min ha-Torah. It's just not going to be a chiyuv sekila. Right. Uh, we're going to have to figure that one out. Apparently there's a misfat lo ta'aseh. The Gemara will have to help us with a pasuk as well. Says the Gemara, ki atar ravdimi, when ravdimi arrived from Eretz Yisrael, he quoted Amar, Rabbi Al-Azhar, he quoted from Rabbi Al-Azhar, Al-Kulam Lokeh, for each of those actions, the Megapef, the hugging, the Menashek, the kissing, HaMechabed, the person who's sweeping and cleaning, VaHamerabed, and so on and so forth, Chutz Mehanoder Bishmo, VaHamekayem Bishmo, if you recall, the end of that list was HaMekayem VaHanoder Bishmo, Mekayem in this context referred to someone who's Nishba, as opposed to a Neder, which is saying that an object is forbidden, a shivua is a commitment to action or to inactivity. I will or I won't do, that's a shivua. Both of those, if you used the name of the Avodah Zarah in the context of your neder or your shivua, although the Mishnah said it's a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, again, we'll have to define which mitzvah lo ta'aseh. The statement over here of Abil Azar, Rabdimi, in the name of Abil Azar is no malkot for those. Asks the Gemara, what's the difference between noder and nishba, a person who swears or vows in the name of God, of course, and all those other actions. What's the reason that in those those two, there's no malkot, there's no lashes. Of course, the entirety of Masechet Malkot deals with many of the details of lashes. But over here, we are understanding those no malkot. Mishum, the reason must be, because those um, wrongdoings, the neder, the shivu'ah, it's using your mouth. Using your mouth is not considered an action. And since it's not considered an action, the principle of Masech Makot and Daf Yod Gimal, it's a derasha from several Pesukim, is that kol lav she'en bo ma'aseh, any inactive sin, the Torah prohibits it, but it's inactive, there's no activity, en lokin alav, there's no malkot. Of course, it's somewhat logical. In other words, if you talk about severity of deed, Although uh, we say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me, will never hurt me. And we say, of course, they do actually hurt. But ultimately speaking, in the physical sense, nothing is per se affected through speech, whereas actions certainly change something physically. The Torah, as a result, again, based on derashot, not just based on logic in this context, teaches that there's no malkot for lav she'en bo ma'aseh. Says the Gemara, I understand why ha-mekayim v'hanoder b'shmo shel avodah zarah, there's no malkot, it's a lav she'en bo ma'aseh. Hane nameh, but the whole list of others, hane means these, nameh means also these as well, the mekapeth, the menashek, the mechabed, the merabetz, and so forth, lav she'bichlalotu. 
ואין לוקין עליו שבכללות. These are what's called לאו שבכללות. כלל, of course, is collective, is a group. These many wrongdoings are all grouped under one heading. That's what we refer, refer to again as a לאו שבכללות. The principle as well, and we'll derive it, or not derive it, we'll give an example of it in just a moment of the paradigmatic, the greatest example of לאו שבכללות, but the principle as well in מסכת מכות and דף יוד גימל is that לאו שבכללות אין לו קינה לאו. You don't get מלכות when the Torah just prohibits many activities, many wrongdoings under one heading. The understanding is, for one reason or another, logic a little bit harder over here, I'll tell you the derasha at the very least, the understanding is there's no malkot. What's the derasha? The derasha is a funny one. It's right next to, in the Torah, the mention of malkot, of getting lashes. The Torah has one specific sin which seemingly doesn't have a place over there. It's lo tahsom shor bidisho. You're not allowed to muzzle your ox as it's threshing. And as, as a result, the rabbis look at that sin as the paradigmatic sin with regards to malkot. It has to be similar to lav de hasima. In the same way, lav de hasima, the violation, the prohibition of not muzzling is simple. It's one. There's not a whole list of violations that are incorporated under one heading. So too, every sin has to, so to speak, have its own heading as opposed to being incorporated under a larger heading. What is the lav shebichlalot of here. This was really the question of Charlie just a few moments ago. In other words, what is the love, what is the mitzvah lo ta'aseh in the Torah that we'd be talking about, that we're saying incorporates all these other activities? Because keep in mind, these are not regular avodot. These are not regular zivichah and kitur and so forth. It's rather ways of respecting it. Rashi on the right-hand side quotes one of two pesukim, either ve'al telechu ahare elohim aherim. Or alternatively, either don't turn, going backwards, don't turn, of course, in a wrongful activity way to the idols, or don't go, don't walk, don't travel after other gods with a lowercase g. In other words, those two pisukim are not per se talking about the way of avodah. They are talking about the respect for the avodah zarah. They're prohibiting, and in turn, they're inclusive. Inclusive lavim, inclusive prohibitions, says our Gemara, basing itself on lav de hasima, no malkot. Do you have another example? Now, we're going to give a long example for a lav shebichlalot, but we're leaving the question in the air. The question in the air is, why should we, why would we distinguish, as Rabbi Azai did at the onset of the Gemara today, between lav she'en bon la'aseh, the mekayem, the noder, and lav shebichlalot, the megapeth, the menashek, and so forth. None of these, although being prohibitions, we just just read one of one or two of them. Although being prohibitions, prohibitions, none of them should be liable for lashes. You shouldn't be lashed for any of these. It's wrong to do. So what's going to be the deterrent? Not to go against God's word. We have a lot of those in the Torah. But the the question, what's that? That's the halacha. Lav shebichlalot en lokin alav. You want a, a logic? The the derashai is lav de hasima. The logic is so to speak. I think. Um, had HaKadosh Baruch Hu really willed that you get lashes for all of these, he would have designated and mentioned them to you specifically. The fact that he incorporates it under one heading is telling you, listen, this is a wrongful approach, but it's not with all the severity of the way I would treat many of the other activities. It's a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. He did the wrong thing, but it's not going to be lashes. What's an example of a lav shebichlalot? The most... What's that? 
you know, we have, uh, is there a punishment if you didn't? Is there a punishment if you um, if you mivatel mitzvat aseh? I mean, you're supposed to do the right thing. You didn't say kiddush on Shabbat morning. Is there a punishment per se on on Friday night rather? What's that? It's a lot aseh. We have mitzvot lot aseh without punishments. Yeah. This is the Gemara. That's, that's an important question. The answer. So again, the, the Gemara in Masech Makot deals with Lotane. Lotisa as well would be, uh, Lotisa is more severe. Lotisa is more severe, and the Torah makes it more severe. There are exceptions to the rule, just like everything. There's the rule and there's the exceptions. Lotane as well, the Gemara makes clear as an exception to the rule. Megadef, the Torah tells us you're getting put to death and there's no action. There are circumstances, but the general principle works as. It is being against Hashem, but it's not. It is, but it's not avodah. The 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 um the prohibition in the Torah is worshiping other gods. In other words, the Torah is specific about what. It's not just not having quote unquote. It's the worship to them. How is there any violation then over here? What's that? Okay, okay. How is there any violation over here? So the, Torah, the Gemara will quote Pesukim that you're not even allowed to swear. I, I understand what you're saying, and I am telling you, when you said Eli Ata, that was full violation. That's a full acceptance. Over here, you're swearing and you're vowing. That's not lo ye. Lo ye is don't accept it, don't worship it. That's what we're accepting as the mitzvah lo ta'aseh with. The swearing and the vowing, okay, that we're going to have a pasuk, that you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't have their name at all on your tongue, but nonetheless, it's not liable to. Even lashes, it appears from our Gemara. Says the Gemara, did Tanya, how do you know that kolav shebichlalot en lokinalav? How do you know that when it's this incorporative, this, uh, this uh, love, which is inclusive, has several violations, under one heading, you don't get malkot. Well, again, I told you it's a dirasha in the Gemara, but we have an example for another case, a well-known case. Ditanya, as the Beraita taught, minayin, and now we're about to have several disparate, disjointed, having none to do with one another violations, which this Beraita is telling us, all trace their violation and their prohibition to one pasuk. Minayin, la'ochil mina behema kodem shetese nafsha, how do you know that if you eat from an animal, when it's in the state of the way, halachically speaking, we call it mefarkeset, before it's actually fully dead. You've slaughtered it, but it's not fully dead. It might still be jolting. It might still have, we assume it still has a life source to it, but before waiting for that final moment, final seconds, you've slaughtered it and you begin eating from it. How do you know that you've violated a Talmud lomar, the Torah says, don't eat on the blood. What does it mean not to eat on the blood? The suggestion is don't eat when the blood, meaning the life source, is still in it. What's that? It's not ever in a high because it's kind of dead. It's not fully alive. It's just not fully dead. And they understand it's been slaughtered. It's just mefarkeset. It still has a little lingering something. That's something. It's out of the zone of Evim in It's in the zone of Lotochlu al Hadam. That's the understanding. Again, Dam being Nefesh, as the Pasuk in the Torah elsewhere tells us. So Lotochlu al Hadam, Be'od Shad Dam Bor. Always has blood, no, but the blood of life still is within it. 
a different interpretation to this pasuk. Lo tochlu al hadam, lo tochlu basar v'adain dam b'mizrak. Mizrak is the utensils, the keli and the mikdash you would use to do the zirika with. That's the way you would use to throw the blood onto the mizbeach or next to the mizbeach. And so as a result, the derasha over here is, if you haven't yet done the zirika in your process of korban, then in such a situation, don't eat from the flesh yet. That's a violation. What's the violation? Lo tochlu al hadam. There's blood still there that needs to be handled and you're eating inappropriate, you haven't finished, you haven't fulfilled your responsibilities and duties, don't be eating from it. Two violations, single pasuk already. Next, Rabbi Omer, mavrin al but if anyone has been involved with the passing of a family member, you know that when you return home from the cemetery, there's what's called Sa'udat Havra'ah. Sa'udat Havra'ah is the initial meal which is served to the mourners. It's a halakha, it's a mishnah, it's several gemarot that describe how to do it. Not so elaborate, but that's what it is. It's a way of giving kabod, giving honor to the people who are mourning and to the person who passed away. It's the initial act from others. Well, that being the case, what if the person was put to death by the court? He or she violated one of the isurim in the Torah. They were liable to arba mitot betin, the name of our pedic. They got put to death by one of the arba mitot betin. The family, after seeing that through, return home and are expecting their se'udat havra'ah, but there is none. There isn't any because the halakha is that they're not supposed to be doing so, as Rashi points out on our Gemara, quite logically. It's inappropriate. We're giving kabod to the person, to the family of this person who just died because he or she violated one of these severe prohibitions from the Torah. We wouldn't do so. Do you have a pasuk to teach us that? Indeed I do. Tamud lo tochlu al we're envisioning this person, so to speak, as having blood on his hands. We're envisioning this person as the blood bearer. Don't eat for and for that person in this circumstance. The next of the many violations we envision as deriving from lotochlu al hadam. Just parenthetically, lotochlu al hadam should be noted as well. Harambam points this out in his Moreh Nevuchim, if I'm not mistaken. The dam blood eating was part of the rites. R-I-T-E, of Avodah Zarah. The way many of the pagan idolaters would do their Avodah, uh, their worship, was through the blood, the flesh consumption and having it with blood. And as a result, there's several places in the Torah where we're warded away from involving ourselves with blood, certainly in the context of Avodah, but in general. It, of course, gives some sort of logic and a beginning of perspective understanding how in the Mikdash there was Dam, which was Nizrak. It wasn't consumed per se. But all that being the case, here's derashot. These derashot are all binding. These are critical derashot that are all binding. There's, as a matter of fact, elsewhere in the Gemara, more derashot, more violations than even the next few we're going to have over here. One notable one is not to eat before prayer in the morning. When you're being mevakish for your dam, you're requesting for your life from God, don't eat prior to that. Of course, the question is, first and foremost, why is it not in the but secondly, what's that? That's where it's derived from. Yeah, and secondly, it appears if 
it's as true a derasha as these derashot that it's lot It's not just don't do it. The rabbis, the and that's a discussion. It's a debate amongst the later day poskim, earlier poskim as well. But it's the nidrash from here. There's several others that are left out, but you're going to see five, six already from here. You understand this is the concept of a love shebichlalot. Rabbi Akiva Omer. Have another one. Minayin lesanhedrin shaharigot hanefesh and toamim kilum koloto hayom. On the flip side of not respecting the dead person, not giving the family seudat havraa when he was put to death, the bedin, the sanhedrin, who has now determined that someone's liable to death penalty, they need to treat this day with respect. They just uh, dealt with a very severe circumstance. It's inappropriate for them, after dealing with that, to then go and feast, to then go and eat and drink. They should be fasting the rest of the day. Why so? To make clear their mindset, to make clear how much this was and is sitting on their head. It's inappropriate. You just dealt with you just dealt with matters of blood, of taking blood from a person, of taking their life source, of committing them to execution. La, uh, next one in the Biraita over here is Rabbi Yohanan Omer Azhara Lebin Sorer Umore Minayin. If you recall, there's going to be first and foremost a full Perek here, and the next Perek in Masechet Sanhedrin will be called Ben Sorer Umore. It'll begin with the Halachot of Ben Sorer Umore. Ben Sorer Umore is a passage in the Torah, and a, a mysterious one. There's an individual child who's in Enu Shomea, is not listening to the voice of his parent, mother and father, and as a result, he's Zolel the Sove, he's doing something um, in an indulgent fashion. The rabbis explain he's overeating meat, he's um, he's, he's over drinking wine or he's eating and drinking wine against the will and, and, and warnings of his parents. And as a result, there's a warning to him issued and ultimately speaking, he's put to death. Of course, jarring, hard to understand. We'll deal with it a bit in the Gemara. We will note as we go along that one of the major opinions that we accept is it never actually happened and we'll discuss and explain why. But over here, the understanding is, as Rashi points out, we have the commitment of the Torah to death for the Ben Sorer Moreh. But generally speaking, if not always, we say, You can't just have a passage in the Torah. You won't just have a passage where there's death penalty. You'll have a preceding or afterwards section, which is a warning as well. Where's the warning for Ben Sorer Moreh? There's only one mention of it in the Torah, and it's just the death penalty. There's no warning per se. So where's the Azhara for that? Tamud Omar, Lo Tochlu, Al Hadam, the understanding being by Ben Sorero More, Lotochlu Al Hadam says Rashi, Lotochlu Achila Shetahargehu Aleha. Don't eat blood like food. What do you mean blood like food? Food that will bring to your blood being taken from you. What are you talking about, Ben Sorero More? Don't overeat right now. Of course, the question will be is it the eating per se? But ultimately, it's manifested from Zolev Vesove, the Torah says, from the eating. Lotochlu Al Hadam is a sufficient azhara for that. Says the Gemara in its concluding statement on this Beraita, Ve'amar bi'avin barchiya v'itemar bi'avin barkahana al-kulam. For each and every of those violations, prohibitions that we just listed, as deriving, as being learned from, you don't get lashes. Not saying it's not severe at all. We're saying it's not severe and rises to the status of Malkot. Because those are considered, each of those are considered, again, kilal, meaning the collective. 
Kelal meaning the grouping. And as a result, uh, the Torah only mentions one pasuk, lo tochlu al hadam. We accept these as derashot gemurot. They're isurim from the Torah, but they all derive from one pasuk, and that one pasuk will not bring Malkot. Back to our issue. Our issue was the megapef, the menashek, the marbits, the mechabed. You did any of these respectful activities to the avodah zarah. Not avodah per se, but respectful activities to it. We have one of two pesukim Rashi quoted to us as being the warning, as being the violation. In such a circumstance, we understood from the initial statement of our Gemara today, Rabbi Azar, you get lashes for that. Why are you getting lashes for that? It's lav shebichlalot. Take that back. Scratch it from the record. We're going to turn to the uh, Gemara stenographer and say, please scratch it from the record. Rather, says the Gemara, that was Ravdimi coming from Eris Israel and reporting our initial statement in the name of Rabbi Lazar. You should know that when Ravin, another a Babylonian rabbi who went to Eretz Israel, when he returned from Eretz Israel, also having studied with Rabbi Lazar, he reported something different in this context. It was a different line. And we're assuming for now that the initial reporting of Ravdimi was faulty. There was something wrong with it. Or Rabbi Lazar changed his mind. What's the statement now? Al-Kulam. That's the Megapef, the Menashek, the Mechabed, the Marbit, all those respectful activities to the Avodah. Enoloke, you don't get Malkot. Wow, okay, so that makes sense. We know the reason now. What's the reason? Lav Shebichlalot. They're all included under one heading, one violation. Chutz, but there's still the except for Min Hadnoder Bishmo, Mehamekayem Bishmo. Now, the ones that we began the whole day with, we understand why those don't get Malkot. Lav Shebo Maaseh. Now those are the ones that you're getting malkot for. What are they? The mekayim, the one who's swearing. The nish, the noder, the one who's 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 uh, taking an oath. Uh, that's what you're getting malkot for. Those were our most basic. We talked about it even yesterday. We understand there's less of a severity over there. There's a derasha in the Gemara. And those you're going to tell me, Rabbi Lazar, you get a malkot for? Why is it? Why are they different? These, meaning the mechabed, the marbits, and so on and so forth. It must be the reason not getting lashes for those is because they're the incorporated prohibition. Absolutely. Ben Soler More is just... No, Ben Soler More gets, gets put to death. He gets put to death, but doesn't he have lashes towards death? No, not that I know of. Like as a warning or something? Not that I know of. That's, with, that's not with uh, 39 lashes, per se. Right. Um, but but it's, it's, it's an important question, but again, the Ben Soler, that last one almost doesn't fit the list. Because that last one is just being used as an azhara for the ultimate death penalty over there. Do you understand? In other words, and, and even though we're talking about al-kulan, we're talking about al-kulan for the for mamash malkot, which by Ben Soler Moreh, v'yisiru oto, is not a regular malkot. V'yisiru oto is, is seeking to put him in his way. Tosafot talks about this. No, no, different question. There you go, all right. All right, Teddy, not only is your question a good question, not only did I make up an answer wrongfully, Tosafot addresses it. Tosafot, okay, let's read Tosafot. The second question, three lines down. Indeed, the Yisiru, apparently, is the Mishnah. 
not only am I wrong, it's Mishnah. Kiditnan beperek ben Zoreiro more v'yalfinan be Gemara v'yiseru mi v'yiseru v'alken azharate milotochlu al adam v'kavan de galer Rachmana ahay lav delake havale lememar bechol duchte delake lechol apachot hecha. All right, well, you should know Tosafot doesn't answer the question. Uh, <laughs> Tosafot's initial answer is, it's Azhara is Milotochlu al-Adam, or that's what we have from our Mishnah. The Galer Rahmana, question of Tosafot, once the Torah is revealing a high love on this Lotase Delake, that you get Malkot, Havale Lememar, it's a question of Tosafot, we should therefore say, Bechol Duchte, in all circumstances, Delake, Lechol Habachot, at the very least, circumstances where you don't come to mita. All right, so I don't know. So to be continued, let me let me uh, look into it more. What can I tell you? Um, all right, but in. I hear you, Mars. The only issue, the only issue is, it's not going to fit my my law system. I, I, I hear your logic. I'm just saying, but it's a love shabichlalot. The question is, the question is love shabichlalot. I mean, remember, you're getting a full fledged malkot in such a circumstance. But if you're getting a full fledged malkot, as as, as Tosafot is saying, the Mishnah Daf Ayin Aleph is telling us. I just don't know how to fit it into the system. It's not that I can't find logic and rationale for it. Uh, the, the, that's that's the question more than anything. That's uh, that that is the issue over here. Okay, we'll 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 come back to it, inshallah. But let's just finish this conversation. Let me let me come back to it perhaps right after the class over here. But let, let me just finish the conversation so we flesh this fully out. Again, the question in context is that we now don't understand why the nishbam by the noder bishmoshel avodazara are getting malkot. It should be considered a I understand why you're not getting malkot for the other activities. It's a lav shebeklalot. These are a lav she'en bo ma'aseh v'chol lav she'en bo ma'aseh en lo kina lav. Answers the Gemara, ha'hu kirbi Yehuda. This opinion, um, now being reported by Ravin in the name of Bil Azar, would be aligned with Rabbi Yehuda. Who's Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is a minority opinion who maintains the Amar, lav she'en bo ma'aseh lo kina alav. If it's a love she'en bo if it's a if it's a prohibition which doesn't have a ma'aseh, we generally say en lo kina lav. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that even when there's no ma'aseh lo kina lav, what is the greatest example of such? It's the well-known beraita we're about to cite, and that is. Korban Pesach, Korban Pesach, which would be uh, fulfilled in just a, a week or so from now, was once upon a time a circumstance where you had an isur, lototiru mimenu ad boker. You weren't allowed to leave from the flesh and meat of Korban Pesach until the morning. Uh, if you left it until the morning, well, the Torah tells you what to do. You burn it. What if I did leave it until the morning and maybe I then burnt it? Do I still get lashes or not? This is the circumstance, this is the question. We'll take a look over here at the Tanya, as the Beraita teaches, Well, the Pasuk says, don't leave it until the morning. But the Torah doesn't just say, don't leave it until morning. It says, if you leave it until morning, burn it. The understanding is that's what's called, Itak means it's attached to. This mitzvah is attached to a mitzvah of burning to teach us to explain to us, don't think this is just a violation which is going to be punished by Malkot. We gave you a way to get Kapara. We gave you a way to atone yourself, or we being HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just fulfill this. You did the wrong thing. You shouldn't have left it until the morning, but now I'll tell you how to repair it. How are you going to repair it? 
by burning it. Well, that being the case, the initial understanding over here is Lomashe in Lokina Alav. We understand from this that Alav Hanitakle Ase, if it's attached to the Lota Ase, to the Mitzvah Ase, no Malkot for it. Says Rabbi Yehuda. I have a different reason. Excuse me, that's Rabbi Yehuda, the Vrei Rabbi Yehuda. Now, before we read onward, is a Isur over here of Lototinu Mimenu Adboke. Is it Yesh Bomase or En Bomase? It's clearly all you did was leave the flesh over. You didn't eat from the flesh. It was Sheva Ta'aseh. Nonetheless, Rabbi Uda comes up with a clever new interpretation as to why you're not getting lashes. And what's that? God's giving you the way to repair it. The next opinion, the that's not the reason why you don't get lashes. I agree with you in principle, but in reasoning, I disagree. I'll tell you the real reason why by notar, by leaving the Korban Pesach meat and flesh over until the morning, you don't get lashes. It's because there's no action. There's no activity. The understanding is, in turn, that that's my general principle, that and the Biuda needed to come up with a new reason over here, that it's we can derive, we can deduce from this, that Rabbi Yudah is the minority opinion who disagrees with the general principle, when all the dust settles, what we left our understanding and our discussion with over here, Ravdimi and excuse me, Ravin in the name of Bil Azar is as follows. For all those activities in the Mishnah, in the latter part of the Mishnah, and so on and so forth, all of those in each of those circumstances, en lokinalav. Why en lokinalav? What we call lav shebichlalot. The truth is, hanodeva hanishba. The mainstream opinion would be en lokinalav because lav shein b'maaseh. Our Mishnah, according to Rabbi Lazar, would accept, or at the very least, Rabbi Lazar accepts that you are lokin because he aligns with Rabbi Uda. But technically speaking, if you were to trace back to our Mishnah and read it again, all those mitzvat lo taaseh and all of those activities, it's lav shein b'maaseh. It's lav shebichlalot. There's no malkot. Says the Gemara. Just a few more lines over here. What is the sourcing for Hanoder, the Hanishba, being a mitzvah lo I swore, I took a vow, an oath, whatever the exact words of Shibuan and Neder are in English, that I get mitzvah lo Who said so? Hanoder bishmo v'hamekayim bishmo minalan. What's the sourcing in the Torah? What's my makor that either one of these or both of these uh, wrongful activities are a violation of mitzvah lo ta'aseh? The Tanya, as the Beraita teaches, v'shem Elohim acherim lo tazkiru. Pasuk says the name of other gods, lowercase g, don't mention. Shelo yomar adam lahavero, you may not even say to your friend, shemor li besad avodat kochavim pelonit. You can't even, as a reference point, use the name of the Avodah Zarah. Could you wait for me on the side of, and you mention Baal Peor, and you mention an Avodah Zarah. It's a violation. Says this Beraita of, Shem Elohim Achirim Lo Taskiru. You're mentioning the name. You're not even using it in the context of construct, constructive uh, utterance. Nonetheless, va- Isn't that a, 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 an action? So why is speaking not an action? Speaking is not, I mean, is it really an action? I would say. Generally speaking, the way we define action is something that causes an external effect as a direct consequence of what you did. Speech, not direct external effect. It might be that you hurt someone's feelings. It might be that some energy that's negative is generated. But effectively, in a tangible way, nothing's actually changed. The only activity that you have is, generally speaking, akimat sefatayim, your lips are moving. 
We call that a ma'aseh zutaf, just a small thing. To the extent that hishtahava'ah is barely an action. You're not actually doing something externally. Anyway, that being the case, that's, that's that. Lo yishama' al-pichal. Pasuk furthermore says it shouldn't be heard on your mouth. Shelo yidor bishmo velo yikayem bishmo. There it is. The Beraita is doresh from those words. The name should not be heard on your mouth. You shouldn't be vowing. You shouldn't be taking oaths in the name of the Avodah Furthermore, velo yigrom la'aherim and you shouldn't cause others, meaning non-Jews, sheyidiru bishmo veyikayemu bishmo. You shouldn't even be bringing them to a circumstance and situation with you or as a result of you where they're swearing or vowing based on and using the name of their Avodah Zarah. Lastly, one other interpretation of this pasuk, that the name should not be heard on your mouth. We'll come back to that next time. Mesit, if you recall, means you brought one person to Avodah Zarah. Mediach means you brought many people to Avodah Zarah. The fact that the name should not even be heard as a result of your mouth, this is an azhara, not the onish. The Torah is an explicit onish, but this is the azhara for using your mouth to bring to sin. We call that mesitu media. Baruch Adonai Amen.